Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the spring football game and the surging orange lacrosse team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today, Syracuse.com's Chris Carlson. Chris, thanks so much for coming back on the program. Yeah, no problem, Wes. Anytime, man. Uh, Chris, I wanted to get you started on this one. You were obviously covering the Syracuse Spring football game on Saturday. I just wanted to get your initial impressions of that game. Yeah, uh, you know, spring games are always kind of tough because you're always going to have one team win, one team lose. Someone's going to look good. Someone's going to look questionable. Um, But the the big question for Syracuse heading into this season, based on how last year went, was was the offense, Um, how much better the offense would be in year two with George McDonald and Terrell Hunt leading the way. And, you know, uh, I think you saw some positive signs there. Uh, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, Syracuse's defensive backs in particular, you know, were, were injured and a little bit depleted. But uh, I, I think you saw some positive signs that, that they could be better and build off that end of last season in that Texas Bowl win. Now, speaking of the offense, one of the hotly contested position battles is for that number two quarterback position. Did any of those freshmen, either redshirt freshmen or true freshmen, differentiate themselves? Yeah, you know, I, I, it was actually they were actually all pretty good. I, I didn't see a lot of differentiation in that number two spot. I mean, Austin Wilson was very good. Mitch Kimball was very good. A.J. Long put up some good numbers. Uh, Wilson, you know, they've talked about having the best arm of the bunch, and I think he showed that, and I think that's true. Um, but A.J. Long, for, for a guy who came in at the spring and is a true freshman and, and is on the slight side, he showed a really good command of the offense in a very limited amount of time. Uh, I also think he's probably the best runner of the bunch, and we saw kind of what that could do for Syracuse late last year with Terrell Hunt. Um you know, and how the offense just changed when he started running the ball more. Um, I still think that the guy who's eventually going to emerge from that group is the guy we haven't seen on campus, Alan Edward. I don't think he's the backup this year, but I think he's the, the guy of the four candidates who has the best chance to be a starter in the future. Um, but the backup job is something we're going to be talking about all training camp because, honestly, you know, they ran a pretty vanilla offense, pretty basic, but they all looked pretty good running it. Your colleague, Nate Mink, picked Ashton Broyled as the unofficial MVP of that game. Do you agree? 
Yeah, I think you you look at the numbers Ashton put up, and uh, you know I thought he made the biggest impression out there. Now the question, of course, is is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, he he put up huge numbers, uh, broke some tackles in the secondary, and broke some big plays. But at the same time, it's not like Ashton Broyle turned into Sammy Watkins over the course <laughs> of the spring. He's still Ashton Broyle to a degree. Um, we've talked a lot about his athleticism and, and how he's a playmaker for this team. Uh, he certainly showcased a lot of that. Um, but there's, you know, you, you have to wonder how much of that was really him and how much of it was kind of poor tackling in the defensive backfield. Uh, but, but for a guy who maybe has had some trouble with switching positions and, and moving around and kind of getting things mentally, um, he looked pretty good at the outside receiver spot. He looks like he's getting more comfortable there, and that, that's certainly something Syracuse hopes will be the case moving forward. You know, one of the articles you had out yesterday, and I want to move to the defense because we just spent all this time talking about the offense, was about Ron Thompson, and Jay Bromley thinks he's in for a breakout year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, Ron Thompson is somebody that the coaching staff has really raved about since he's been on campus. Um, when he was a tight end, they raved about his athleticism there. Uh, they just thought it was going to take some time to get him to come on. They switched him to defensive end last year, uh, essentially because the defensive end position was kind of like the defensive tackle position this year, where you had no clue what you were going to get and who was going to do something. So they said, hey, let's take our most athletic guy, put him over there, and see what he can do. Um, it's not like Thompson had a great year, but he, but he contributed. And, you know, now he's had a year of training. He knows what he's doing a lot more on the defensive end position. He had six tackles in that game. Somebody has to emerge from that defensive line. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to have to make some plays up there. And I think he is the best bet of them all. He's more athletic than the starters. And Tim Doust has done a fantastic job since he's been on campus, getting defensive linemen ready. I mean, we saw last year he just cobbled together two defensive ends and did a good job. Uh, you give him kind of the blank slate that is Ron Thompson, and I think Doust makes him a player, and I think I think you will see him have a, a very big season this year. Uh, Chris, we'll get you out of here on this one. For those of us who weren't at the game, Syracuse had a new format to their spring game, and they also had a slight, a very slight bump in their attendance numbers. Uh, what did you think of the crowd, and what did you think of the format of the game? You know, I, I just find spring games in general to, to be uh, pretty mediocre. You know, <laughs> the, the crowd's pretty tepid. They, they end up cheering for only the offense. You didn't really understand. They did an okay job explaining the scoring system, but it's not like you can really root for the offense or the defense or, or get too emotionally invested in that type of scoring system. Um, you know, I, I'd be curious. I haven't been to any of the big spring games on other campuses to see how they how Penn State manages to draw seventy two thousand people. Yeah. Um, whether it's the tailgating, whether it's the format. You know, I didn't like the format. But, but I don't like any sort of spring game format, to be honest with you. I think of a school like Syracuse where there's, you know, some fan interest, but not insane fan interest. The spring game is always kind of going to be a, a pretty dull event that will teach what they will tell you about the team, but it's for the hardcore fans, not the general fans. Well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on today. Again, catch Chris's work on the Post Standard and Syracuse.com. Chris, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks again. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate it as always. Always a pleasure to talk to Chris Carlson, colleague of mine back in our daily orange days, and it's good to see him back in the queues. I'm now joined by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? 
Very well, Wes. Enjoying this spring lacrosse time weather. <laughs> and let me tell you, the lacrosse team is surging now. You know, they continued their winning streak over the weekend, beating Hobart and recapturing the Kraus-Simmons trophy. Looked a little shaky at the start, but Syracuse really turning on the Jets in the second half, Brad. Syracuse dominating Hobart in this series for the trophy going back to 86, winning 26 out of the 29 meetings. And how about attackman Randy Stotts and Kevin Rice, West In the two games against upstate neighbors Cornell and Hobart, they have combined for 30 points. Unbelievable. And those two led that second half comeback in beating the Statesman Saturday. And it was the 100th game in the series, so it was actually nice to get that round number win. And uh, everyone was impressive, including Chris Daddio, who continues his resurgence. There was a lots of knocks on him at the beginning of the season, but now he really seems to have turned it around heading into the ACC tournament. And that kind of segues into the next thing, Brad. You're going to be at the ACC tournament. You're going to see Syracuse play Duke in the semifinal round. And Syracuse was just walloped by Duke 21-7 earlier in the year. Chris Daddio had a, a huge struggle at the faceoff X, but it seems like this will be a good barometer for that team. It should be, because as we have been talking about on the podcast the last month or so, that was the Orange's last defeat to Duke down in Durham back in late March. But Duke has really owned this series in the last three meetings. First-round NCAA tournament game two years ago. Of course, the championship game in Philly last May, and then the domination in March. So this really will be a good test. Duke has lost only two games, one to number one Loyola, the other one to ACC member Maryland and they lead the ACC in scoring. So certainly to keep an eye on Duke attackman Jordan Wolf. Let's see how Daddio does at the faceoff circle. The two-headed goalie tandem has played really well. I'm really excited to see this game in Chester, PA on Friday. Brad, I wanted to shift topics now and chat about the football team, and you wrote in your weekly Orange Watch column this week about the new uniforms. What were your impressions of them? Well, I don't really mind the uniforms that much, Wes, because I understand about new evolution and design and colors and fading this and fading that. And, and let's face it, the kids today love it. It's great for recruiting. Scott Schaefer's talked over and over about sometimes the little intricacies are what matter. So <laughs> if it's important to the players, I'm all for it. What I'm really against is how the sports apparel companies, in this case Nike, sit at their headquarters and start toying around with, in this case, 125 years of Syracuse football tradition. And they get their ideas for design and creativity, share it with the team. Of course, the players are going to get nuts and go nuts and get excited about it. But what I really don't like is, are they really in the best interest of tradition and what the fans that have been following the team for you know, decades uh, really feel about it? So it's more about you know the apparel makers' decision-making process and the creative uh, branding of uh, the rebranding of the orange than I am about the actual colors and combinations on the field. Fred, I want to stick with football because another scheduling note came from Syracuse playing LSU, announcing officially that they're going to play at home and home. You know, on the one hand, of course, it's certainly nice to have a quality SEC opponent at the Dome, but uh, Brad, we saw what happened in the home and home with USC. It seems like Syracuse might be in for two very lopsided games. Have some confidence, Wes. Come on, you know what <laughs> Coach Schaefer's doing with his program. I mean, down the road, who knows? You know, with college football, the me mental aspect of the games. LSU flies up from uh, Baton Rouge. Who knows what kind of uh, mental shape they'll be in for that game. But I, I love it because you knock LSU off, 
Now let's get Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas A&M from the SEC, and wouldn't mind seeing Oregon, Arizona, Colorado, and UCLA from the Pac-12. That would be great. Look, Syracuse has always been a traditional national scheduling program. I love seeing it. Love that we're going to see an LSU caliber team in the Dome. Well, sticking with football, Brad, before we get to the end of our show, I wanted to get your overall impressions of the spring game played on Saturday. You know, I look at these spring games, especially the program like Syracuse West, as a giant fan fest. I mean, what we're, what, you're not going to really unveil a lot on offense and defense. You have players that are injured, others that can't participate for whatever reason. It's really more a chance to get you know, an, an eyeful of what the team's going to look like, such as a dress rehearsal, have fun with the mascots, pick out the seats, get free food, etc. It's really more like that for me than anything that we can dive into it from a competitive standpoint. Sure, if you really study it, you may see some things, but overall I just kind of look at it as a fun type of event. That's fair enough. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Let me end my thoughts with this question back to you, Wes. Do you think Syracuse will be a top 76 football team next season? I do. Then they're going to be in a bowl game because there's 39 <laughs> of them. 39 bowl games for next year. A need for 76 teams. Just crazy with these new bowl games in the Bahamas, Miami Beach, Boca Raton. When will it stop? Wow, it won't stop because there'll be 40 next year. Just crazy with all the football bowl games. And, you know, honestly, it may save a couple of coaches' jobs, which is a good thing or a bad thing, depending on which uh, side of the coin you fall on. Uh, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse star or former Syracuse star Carmelo Anthony. For the first time in his NBA career, Anthony will not be playing in the postseason. Brad, uh, Coach Mike Woodson was actually fired earlier today, and it seems like Anthony's also on his way out of New York, and I think that might be best for everyone involved. If that is the end, it is, was a t very tumultuous time for Carmelo Anthony in his career. And you know, Wes, that saga would take an entire SNY.TV podcast to review. <laughs> That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that my plumbing is all screwed up because, as it turns out, I do not own a garbage disposal. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.